Frazier along with my co-host Sammy K. How you feeling today? Good. Sammy, I'm great. I had a wonderful weekend. Really? I was down in Charlottesville, Virginia, antiquing and enjoying the University of Virginia. Wait, what kind of antiquing were you doing? Gorgeous. Um, well, I, you know, I'm on the hunt for. I was on the hunt for. Um, some ceramic bowls because you know you know me in my uh, cooking in my my home environment I like it to be very like organic all natural um, I don't like cooking with anything plastic I don't like I like everything BPA free so I've been searching for some old school made in the USA ceramic bowls and, and by um, cooking you mean what you eat your yogurt out of. Uh, yes, what I eat my okay. yogurt out of. And then also, um, you know, I only, I really only cook when I have plated meals, which essentially they send you all the ingredients. You just mix it together. Yeah. It's, it's essentially like, you know, the cake in a box. Like that's kind that's of. That's what you do. That's yeah, my but, cooking. But you're like, oh, no, it's fantastic. Even though you're somehow spending more than a restaurant to eat at home. It's gourmet, Sammy. It's gourmet. And they do. You can do- get the same gourmet meals at a restaurant. Have someone cook it for you and it's still cheaper. That is probably true, but I enjoy cooking at home. I feel very organic and natural, so I was searching for those, and I found some Pyrex uh, very retro bowls. You know, I'm going through this retro phase in my life. Oh, yeah. Now that I have Pyrex, I can't wait. What are you going to do? Are you going to make me a great Jello salad? <laughs> oh, I should. That would be next on my can list. A good. Um, can we come over for some Swedish meatballs? I need a good stainless steel, because I don't like aluminum, uh, Jello mold. That's what I need. Why don't, I don't you like aluminum? I don't like aluminum. There's, you know, there's been studies over the years that they connect aluminum to Alzheimer's and dementia. No, they connect, they connect, yeah, high levels of aluminum. Unfortunately, that aluminum bowl and that aluminum foil you have, unless you're microwaving it, Sarah, it's not really doing Well, I don't want to. But what's the difference between the microwaving it and then putting it in the oven? Are you kidding me? Just different. Are you kidding me, Sarah? Yeah, one of them is completely fake. The, like a microwave literally zones in and then makes the molecules move faster and faster and faster. So that's how they heat up. Where an oven actually has heat and is heating it, so they're slowly, you know, getting faster and faster and faster and heating up naturally. That's okay. why you can put aluminum foil in the oven. And you can touch it afterwards. It doesn't hurt you. But if you put it in the microwave, it's going to sit there and start to spark and everything. Good point. Good point. Um, look, we have a lot to get to on this show today. Um, over the weekend, our GoFundMe was temporarily shut down. Our election night party GoFundMe. I will tell you what happened. It is back up. Your money is safe. We will get into all that. I will answer those. Okay. Um, also, I want to run this list by you. These are the five things that men apparently want to ask you on the first date, but don't. Okay, let me see. I'll so run. I, I want to run that by you. And then lastly, of course, you know, I was obsessed with the Wiener documentary. So we've got to talk about this whole Huma Abedin, is Anthony Weiner. Is it his Wiener. last name Wiener? Or is it actually... I so. I think it's Wiener. It's a, I thought that people were just saying that as a joke because, you know, that's what he showed all the time. No, I really honestly believe in the documentary, which the documentary is just called Wiener. Okay. I believe that it is pronounced Wiener. But anyway, you probably heard the news. They are finally separating. We have a relationship expert on here, and she's going to be talking about kind of the, the signs that you should look for if you think you're with a serial sexter and uh, some advice for anybody who's in that position. Damn. Because, you know, sexting's a huge issue. Really? Do you well, s- yeah, you've been... Look, you've had a relationship end because of that. You caught the woman on Facebook, and she was... Well, that was, wasn't sexting. That was just Facebook well, booking, sexting. Uh, Sexting over Facebook. Yeah, how would you say that? How would you merge those two words? So, yeah, sexting over Facebook. Facebook. Nope, I can't say that before I play the... <laughs> hold hold on a second. Play the disclaimer. This is a statement intended to specify or delimit the scope of rights and obligations that may be exercised and forced by parties in a legally recognized relationship. <laughs> Wait, what? This is your disclaimer. The Hey Fridge podcast may not be suitable for all years. Uh, well, anyways, at least, okay, we have a term for it. I just don't want to repeat it now. But, you know, that's happened to you. It ruins a lot of relationships. Obviously, you know, Huma Abedin's and Anthony Weiner's was on another level. My God. I mean, she fre- the documentary is so good, by the way. It's on Netflix. It's on Amazon. Have you watched it, Sammy? No. Okay, it is I know how it ends. Like, I don't like watching documentaries. I know how they end. Well, but here's the thing is until this development, which just happened over the weekend, you know, the New York Post, according to stories, Huma Abedin got a notification on Sunday Mm -hmm. basically saying that the Post was running this picture of Anthony Weiner with an erection with his kid there in the photo. So prior to that, though, the documentary is so fascinating about their relationship. It's one of the most uncomfortable things you will ever watch, and it's so good. At what point do you have, as a journalist, 
almost have to sit there and to think, like, okay, this is a great story, but what if we just end his relationship, we work out a deal with, you know, to get, like, the, the exclusive first interview or something like that, but don't actually release the picture knowing that that kid, for the rest of his life, think about it, he's going to be in his dorm room one day, he's going to piss somebody off, and they're going to find that picture of his father with a boner and him in the background, or she in the, her in the background, and they're just going to paste it all over the dorm room. Oh, it's so embarrassing. It's and, so embarrassing. Uh, by the way, he may be being investigated by child services. Oh, come on. If he's, You think that's a stretch? He's not the first dad to have an erection accidentally around a kid. <laughs> yeah, but to take a picture of it and then send it out? Then they're going to... Think about how many pictures there are on the internet of people taking sexy shots of them and their kids are in the background. Or women pole dancing and their kid walks right in the what? middle. Like, how, how do you know? This is all the internet is. Do you know how many people would be in trouble if this actually was a real thing, Sarah? I have never seen Are other- you kidding me? I could literally type in, like, mother pole dancing with and the first thing that popped up was with baby look at that mother pole dancing with baby was the first thing that popped in what popped up oh my god i need to see these photos yeah woman pole dancing with, look at she's actually pole dancing with her baby attached to her sarah but that's not on the same skills anthony weiner do you think that's well, like no, exercise but then fine. she's but then exercising here, how about we find another one i can find more don't worry all right um, I want to get to a couple of clickworthy stories here this morning, and I want your opinion on these, Sammy, um, before we get our relationship counselor on the phone. Um, Gene Wilder yes. obviously passed away. Was he a big influence of yours? Were you a fan of any of those movies or Gene not so much? Gene Wilder? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Real quick, Sarah, here you go. That's the kid taking the picture of the mom, all right? Okay, but that's that, a different You can't that tell kid. me. You can't even tell me. No, and I can find ones even younger than that, Sarah. What is she, five, six years old no. in this picture? Yes. She looks older. She looks like 13. No, she isn't, dude. Oh, my gosh. See, this is what I'm telling you. Well, anyways, Gene Wilder. Okay, Gene Wilder, did you well, have any connection? Any? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, like every other kid, I watched, uh, watched Willy, Wonka. Willy Wonka a bunch. But I'm, here's the thing. I also refuse to jump on the bandwagon, you know? What do you mean? Like... You know how you say you don't do thoughts and prayers anymore? I don't remember celebrities anymore because, look at this, all these people literally watched Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, what, maybe 20 years ago, mm-hmm. 30 years ago, and then now all of a sudden they're like, oh man, such an influence in my life, I can't wait, R.I.P. Gene Wilder, one of the greatest of all time. That's bullshit. You're posting that to get <laughs> likes. You're posting that to get, like, you know, to get publicity. People do, like... Did you post something? Yeah, I did. Because Willy Wonka and The Wizard of Oz were the only two films that I could ever watch on repeat. Mm-hmm. Ever. I loved that film. And Gene Wilder, I mean, the comedic timing. Did you know Gene Wilder wasn't in The Wizard of Oz, right? Yes. Okay, I knew that. all right. Just before people decide to email us about no, this. No, no, no. Okay. Two separate films. But I it's very rare that I can ever watch a film twice. And those are two films that I love and can watch on repeat. Yeah, but but hold on. Okay, so you you can watch it on repeat. It was a movie that I watched on repeat too as a kid, but let's be honest, in the scheme of things, it wasn't that influential to your life that you need to like RIP, hey, I can't believe this. It's so like I feel like a lot of people just do it for, you know, attention. Well, I think he was a star and a legend. Well, he I is mean, a legend. He is a star. So I let the news stories say it. I like that, you know. I maybe comment on that about how sad I am about that. Let it go. <laughs> but I'm not going to post it on my own on all my social medias and sit there and start like, oh, man, I'm reading it. Like, no. Gene Wilder was rad. I loved it. Look, I love the movie, too. But let's be honest. It's not like... You I know. was a big fan. And Gilda Radner, I think that a lot of people still wish that those two had worked out. They were divorcing, and then, of course, she got what really the f- sick. How old are you? <laughs> I love that. They were legends, comedic legends. You know, and they were married. It was a great story. Oh, oh, Gilda what? Gilda Radner. No clue. Absolutely <laughs> no clue. I've never even heard that name in my life. Saturday Night Live cast member, really funny. Okay. One of the first way I believe she might have been the first female cast member for SNL. All right. Let me look. Do I anyway, know her face? Maybe you'll know her face. Um. So oh, I do know her face. Okay. Gene no, Wilder passed away from dementia, a combination of dementia and then also leukemia, non-Hodgkin's leukemia, which he had been battling in lymphoma for many, many years. So it was really sad. Um. Also, over the weekend, it's now officially a trend: donut walls at weddings. I've got a couple of weddings coming up. This uh, actually, Flounder and uh, Lisa. Oh, and they're going to have a donut wall? I'm curious to see if they're going <laughs> to... That's really <laughs> fucked up to say, because you know Flounder's been losing all that weight. Flounder looks amazing, and I don't know that they are going to do the donut well, Yeah, wall. and like the donut wall, so pretty much what they do is they just take a bunch of nails, they stick them into a wall. But it looks And cool. then you put a bunch of donuts on there, and you just pray that your guests don't get tetanus. <laughs> like, is that what it is? 
<laughs> well, no, they have like, um, why would they get tetanus? These all look like little wooden plugs. Wooden plugs, Sarah? Is that what you're going to call that, Sarah? Or wooden, like a little wooden holder. A little peg? I don't know. Maybe that's peg. a fancy one. But when I saw a picture of it, it was literally someone just put a bunch of nails in the wall. And they were okay. and like, you could see the donuts would have the rust marks on the bottom of them. Okay, well, that does not sound yeah. no. That doesn't sound good. Um, but donut walls, I was obsessed with looking at these pictures on Instagram over the weekend. But and that's you just have a, it. But hold on. But for what? Is this supposed to be for the breakfast like the next day? No. When you wake up and when no one wants to be there, everyone's trying to leave, and somehow you still plan a breakfast and make us all stick around for another three hours? No, some people are doing it instead of a cake, or here they're doing the donut cake. So that's basically, it's like a tiered, just different, different donuts. It's just donuts. All the way, and it's like shaped in the shape of a wedding cake. But people have been doing that, you know, with cupcakes and yeah, different so things. But now it's officially with the donuts. Um, I thought you might be interested in this story, but did you read that men in Iran are now wearing hijabs in support of women's rights? Oh, yeah. I love this. This is really fascinating and obviously a story to raise great awareness. Because it's bullshit. Everyone's always trying to say, like, oppression, oppression. No, like, hold on. All right. Just like how there are some women here that we all went to school with them, their parents never let them dress in nothing more than a long jean skirt. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, Like, their parents forced them to dress a certain way all the time. Time, all right? There are people in the Islamic religion that force people to dress a certain way, right? But there are in every religion. You know, we all went to school with one here. I definitely did. You did? You, hell yeah. Are you tell me there wasn't a girl that you went to school with that was forced to dress a certain way by her parents all the time? You never knew anybody? Um, I do now. I'm trying to think of when I went like, to school. People that are. I definitely remember this one girl every day had to wear a jean skirt, like long sleeves. Yeah, she was a Christian, like whatever. So I think the idea is what they're trying to say is, hey, if they want to, if they choose to wear it, like my mother, college educated, you know, went to the Sorbonne, came to the United States, had a family, finished up her degree, got a great job, you know, did all, got all these awards, got an award from two presidents of the United States, right? And then she decides, oh, well, I want to wear the hijab now. Well, like, that's what so I it's not like too. she was like oppressed. She wasn't like forced to. She decided one day she wanted to, and cool. If it makes you happy, it makes you happy. Well, and so this is kind of just sitting there and saying, like, hey, if they want to wear it, let them fucking wear it. What does it matter to you? I think this is because it's in Iran, and since seven in 1979, Iranian women um, have been legally obligated to cover Outside, their they hair. They have to in that's public. Called oppression in Iran. So an Iranian journalist has now launched a powerful social media movement um, where individuals have the right to decide how to dress. They're defying the restrictive gender roles with an online campaign called My Stealthy Freedom. Iranian women are invited to share photos of themselves with their hijabs removed. Meanwhile, men sport the headscarves with the hashtag men in hijab to support um, and give solidarity. So if you see that trending, you know why. I understand. And I just think that with stories like this, though, every time they try to promote it they're always trying to they try to show the one example iran is one of the only countries that forces that you know what i mean you don't see it anywhere else right but i think they're just like saying, you're not like, seeing it and so they're like yeah okay so it's cool that they're doing it but they're doing it to fight oppression there everywhere else it's not you know i'm talking about like in you know france and minnesota recently they tried to ban the hijab too the burkini oh yeah the burkini is a huge issue but it's stupid it's like why what is it what's it really really them dressing like that if they want to Look, it, when I was really fat, I used to wear, you know, a big shirt and, like, shorts. <laughs> you what, had you your own burkini? Are you telling me that I can't wear that now? Like, because, you know. I agree with that. In France, I think it's ridiculous. And they've even overthrown that. Although, you know, the towns there are trying to still, like, hold up that obligation. But, I mean, for women in Iran who have no choice, it's yeah. an interesting call to action. Uh, celebrity singer Katy Perry is also responding to a catfish victim that believed that he'd been dating her for five years. She says that she feels bad for him. I don't know if you... We we actually talked about this story because it, it happened a couple weeks ago in the season premiere of Catfish, you know, the yeah. MTV show. Well, a guy there believed for five years that he was dating the singer Katy Perry. No, he didn't. Come on, guys. This is <laughs> MTV. Did. This is MTV. Okay, do we need to call Paul Warren and ask him how much of his episode of Made was real? Because he'll tell you a lot of it was scripted, too. Like... Come on now, man. Uh, Spencer is the guy's name. He's from Tennessee. He had reached out to the producers of Catfish because he was worried after five years that he had not actually met Katie face-to-face. And he was concerned and having worries that it wasn't actually a real relationship. Totally fake. Um, the Catfish uh, producers and hosts ended up tracking down a woman in France who said that she had, yes, been pretending to be Katy Perry for quite a while. And this, Okay, this is easily the stupidest person, like... 
Is he what is he going to be part of Trump's cabinet? <laughs> like, there's no way you can sit there for five years and think you're dating Katy Perry. Are you kidding me? And what? And over the past five years, every time you saw her in the tabloids with her husband. Or getting divorced from her husband or out with another man. You never thought, but oh, well. You don't believe. See, I honestly do believe that, of course, reality TV is scripted. But I do believe that there are actually people that think that they are having relations, that they're in real relationships but with people that they've just met over the Internet. Sarah, I totally believe that. Those people. people are called bat shit crazy. But isn't it fascinating when they come to light? I mean, that's what I watched this whole episode. There's no way that's There's no way because at this point, then MTV is either A, putting on a man that is very mentally ill, you know, or B, it's completely fake. Are you saying Spencer is mentally ill? I'm going to say that if he truly did this, then he has some sort of mental problem. I think And that's why I think that Spencer is probably going to, look, you're going to see him in the background of an episode of Big Bang Theory in like three months. (laughs) Um, The host, Nevin Max, traveled to England to meet, quote, Katie, who turned out to be a gay Canadian woman named Harriet. Um, An update on the story is that apparently now Harriet and Spencer are in fact in touch. Are you kidding me? So even then, she's like... He never did any research on Katy Perry to think, oh, wow, I'm flying to Canada to meet her? That's odd. <laughs> I, I Look, all I'm saying is I think that it, it holds true that there's a group of people that truly believe they meet somebody on the Internet and they have a full-blown relationship So you're with telling me all of a sudden... Even if they like, don't meet in person. Ryan Seacrest supposedly sends you emails and he's like, you're telling me that you're going to fall for it? And he's like, hey, come meet me in Canada. Uh, no, I wouldn't fall for it, but I do think that's there are ridiculous. People. No, there's no way. There's no way he will do that. <laughs> you don't think people get catfished at all? No, I think they do, but it's because you know like I got catfished a couple times. You did? Yeah, man. When? Well, like they post a picture of them in college, and then clearly they're not that same person they were in college anymore. When you meet them out for a date, they but ate you that actually <laughs> meet them. You actually meet them for a date, right? Uh, it depends until like maybe I'll get like or I'll see something. I'll be like, ooh. Uh. One time I did just show up, walked up, and was like, false advertising. This is bullshit. And I turned away. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah, it's true. Uh, lastly, for some clickworthy stories, DC is getting an all-male burlesque brunch. It's basically Magic Mike meets mimosas. Um, I'm so excited about this. And Are it's you gonna- really that excited about this? Have you ever been to Saks? Before. Well, it'll be at the Club Sax. It's DC's brunch scene, you know, is a, is huge here in the DC area. And Sax, would you call it a, I guess it's a club, right? And they also serve food. Yeah, it's pretty shitty. I don't know. They're now doing um, a brunch that's going to involve, first, an all hot black male Magic Mike variety show. I mean, good for them. That sounds stupid, but whatever. You don't think a lot of women are going to go to this? I don't. Like, I like. Have you ever have you ever been to Sax before? It's not good. Like, it's not. I've never eaten there though. Yeah, it's not fun. Like, you go there and you're like, ugh, oh god. Okay, this is why. Yeah, but these guys are smoking hot. Yeah, but they're smoking. If you want to see really hot guys dancing around, you know what you can do, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to give you a hint. Okay, (laughs) go to Town Nightclub Friday and Saturday nights. They got the go-go dancers, and they're all gorgeous. And, And by the way. I need to make a correction. They're not all black. I thought those two guys, these two guys in the background are actually white. Sorry. Oh, okay. That's fine. So <laughs> I couldn't tell. Now you're not going to go anymore. No, I'm going to go. I mean, please. I'm, I'm all about a hot black guy, but, but it's, it's not going to be like an actual, like, you know, it's not going to be like thunder from down under. You don't think? You're not going to see any. No, you're not going to see it. Well, uh, Sax is known for their burlesque shows. They say that the Sunday burlesque brunch, the all male magic Mike style starts September 11th and tickets are available at their website. If you want to get on that, I would go. You're going to end up paying like $100 to see like some dude from 300 feet away with a shirt off. It's going to be completely pointless. Oh, I think they're going to interact with the crowd. They know what the women want. Okay, good luck. I feel like smart, smart moves. Um, okay, what's going on with you in your world? How was your weekend? What, what's... What do you mean, Sarah? My Define weekend, weekend because your weekend seemed completely rowdy. I mean, you went antiquing and not even the fun kind of antiquing. My antiquing and my weekend involved going back and forth with GoFundMe, which basically I'll tell you all about that, which has been reinstated. But that was my weekend yeah. was emailing back and forth with them and arguing about having a porn star at our party. What's, so that's why they took it off? Because yeah. you advertise so, us having a porn star? So late Friday night, I get a notification from GoFundMe that says your GoFundMe campaign, our, this is our Trump election night party, right? Okay, so we are raising $37,000 to rent out Trump hotel suite, and we're going to have a huge party. Petting zoo, a wall, immigrants are going to be there. 
and Maryland's number one male porn star, which I put in the description. Okay, so I he's get a this self-proclaimed. Let's just say that because oh, self-proclaimed, you, yeah, self-proclaimed, Sarah. You keep on saying that. Like I've, I've done research. It's very tough to find him in a porno, Sarah. Well, he, I believe, because I've interviewed him before, Danny Black Videos is his name. Now, I believe he tries to keep low profile because his parents are very, very religious and don't know to this day that he still does porn. So what's the, like, where's that line between you just being a guy that filmed yourself three or four times and you being a porn star? Because I have a lot of college friends that are technically porn stars. Well, I mean, we'll obviously talk to him as the party gets closer, but he claims to have been in 200 videos and now he self-distributes a lot of those DVDs and I believe sells them on dannyblackvideos.com. Stop saying his website. I don't understand why I have to say his website so much. Why? I want to promote him. He's a nice guy. He's showing up for free. The guy's got, you know, a huge thing that he'll, I'm sure, gladly show you. Okay. And he's going to be promoting the party. All right. Give the man some love. Yeah. All Really? How many people do you think are going to be like... His whole porn community. I mean, Lord knows who he reaches. His fans. You have way too much faith in some people. This is what I tell you. This is this is what we argue about all the time. I think this local artist that performed in front of the coffee shop in Leesburg, I saw. You're just a hater. I'm not you a hater. You are a hater. I'm a real. I'm a realizer. Realisticer. You're. I feel like you work too much this weekend. You're like all wound up. You don't oh, I support definitely worked anybody. A ton. No, I support people. You're grouchy. No, I am not grouchy. Okay, well, what happened to you this weekend? What do you mean what happened to me? First off, I found out about this awesome party that I was going to tell you about, because I know you're looking for a way out with Dan. (laughs) Okay. You ready? All right, what is it? Next weekend, this Saturday, the Sugar Daddy slash Sugar Baby Masquerade Ball is going to be in D.C. Oh, my God, I want to go. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, a sugar daddy, sugar baby yep. uh, party. It says, come find your next relationship at our exclusive upscale party, where successful gentlemen meet young, hot, okay, well, we don't have to worry about that. Okay, well, Ladies, you know. we'll just say ladies, meet ladies. I'm ready. Uh, they also have masks for your personal use, but are not required. Open kitchen, open bar. Okay, I'm in for that. Yeah, and if you want tickets, it's like $70 for women. But like a hundred and sixty for men. Seventy dollars for women. But the women Sarah, actually have to pay. Sarah, but think about that's because they're trying to get the one. Like they don't just want all the like, you know the grubby ones there. You know oh. they want to know that you're actually into it. Like you're willing to invest in your future. Okay, so for seventy dollars. Seventy dollars, Sarah. And the next thing you know, we could have you know some guys sitting there, and there could be the you know Hey Fresh <laughs> podcast sponsored by Anonymous. So, um, are they guaranteeing that these sugar daddies are actually, like, is there any criteria is what I'm saying? Like, do the sugar daddies have to be worth X amount of money? Do they have to? Well, I guess there is a certain criteria that the men have to, hey, the men have to be able to afford $160 to show up and get turned down. Okay. Okay, that's pretty good criteria. Next thing is they also say that if you don't find your next relationship, you can receive $10 towards the next party. Oh, BFD. I don't want that. No. But I do want to go to this. Where is it again? It doesn't say where it's at. You got to actually buy your tickets and it's at a secret location. They'll announce secret location. Here in the D.C. area. But it's here in D.C. Oh, my God. This sounds amazing. This Saturday. It's literally called like the Sugar Daddy Sugar Baby Masquerade Ball. Who wants to go with me? I'm not going because I'm not. Hey, I don't want to go there. Those women expect a lot more than McDonald's. I'll tell you what. (laughs) Oh, my God. If you'll go to this party with me, I'll go. Sarah. S-A-R-A-H at HeyFrage.com. Uh, by the way, you need to be following us on social media to get all the updates. And, of course, you can always email with feedback, topic, ideas, anything that you think that we should cover on this podcast. But Sammy's on Instagram, on Twitter, and Snapchat under the Sammy K S A M Y K. I'm on Instagram and Twitter, HeyFrage, H-E-Y-F-R-A-S-E, and then on Snapchat, HeyFrage Show. Um, <clears throat> just to end the story about the GoFundMe. So, anyhow, here's what I, I actually got myself in trouble because I responded to someone who had made a donation and I had said that, you know, I think they had said, look, if I pay $5,000 for the bedroom, will you and Sammy sleep with me? And I said, you know, absolutely. We'll definitely get nude and, and sleep in your same bed So or you made a joke and they took it seriously. So GoFundMe was like, you cannot be soliciting or telling people that you're going to give them sex. And, you know, I'm like, oh my God, are you kidding? So we went back and forth all weekend. They cleared the whole description and I said to them, if we're going to keep this up you can't keep pulling this on me every time somebody writes something so they're like no it's fine it's just that you know you've got to be really careful you can't describe on here what the porn star is going to do to people or what you and sammy k are going to do to people 
Because that's prostitution, Sarah. Sarah, that makes sense, though. You almost got me arrested for prostitution over the weekend. I had no idea I was even part of it. So needless to say, after a lot of back and forth, we're reinstated with GoFundMe. I think we're almost at $1,200. You have to donate to get in. Uh, Next week on the podcast, we're going to call Trump Suite, reserve it, or at least find out. Because I'm wondering, how much do you think we have to put down for a deposit? Probably more than (laughs) $1,200. I'm going to guess that much. I'm going to try and dicker him down to $1,200. Okay. So donate. It's GoFundMe.com backslash election night party. You have to donate to get in. So that was my weekend of hell dealing with all that. Um, I wanted to ask you this this story of a guy who, uh, Frank Cabola, who is a writer and blogger for Cosmo Magazine. He says that these are the five questions that every guy wants to ask you on a first date but doesn't. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to run this by you. Okay. On a first date, do you really want to ask the woman, do you have any terrible friends? Oh, my gosh. Well, that's why, honestly, on first dates, that's what my new thing is now with first dates, is I always say, well, hey, yeah, are you going to be out with your friends? I'll just come meet up with you guys some night. Because you want to see what... Because I want to see what the hell I'm going to have to deal with. Because the relationship is only half of it. Really, you're going to deal with their horrible friends. And the closer they are with those friends, oof. The more you have to deal. The more you have to deal with them. And, like, you know, that's that's a big key there. Um, Number two on his list is, why did you actually decide to go out with me? That men, most men want to ask that. Really? Like, I want to know the truth. Like, really, yeah. Because I know it's not because I'm good looking. Like, I know that, you know, I'm curious. Like, I don't know. what, What really is it? You know? I want Because I feel like sometimes people date me for, like, you know... The wrong reasons. Most well, right. People. They want your fame. They want, yeah, which I don't have fucking any to begin with, so <laughs> stop coming to me and asking for it. But, but they're banking on your future. You, know, you will. So. Um, number three on the list is how many of your exes did you break up with? I found this one to be interesting. Um, this could be a serious red flag. Either you've got terrible taste in guys and you don't realize it until it's too late, or you're just bored of people eventually. How many of your boyfriends have you broken up with? All, All of them. them. Well, no, not all. I've been dumped by I've been dumped by people. You can't count high school, some 14-year-old boy that dumped you at the locker link breaking Everybody up. Everybody in between. When I, Of course, the last relationship that people know about that listen to this podcast, or if you're new to this show, I dated this guy called Old Man Ed for like five years, and he was a sugar daddy, right? So between Ed and then meeting my current boyfriend Dan for three years every guy went out with one ghost on me Alan the trainer um wait but hold on first off I wish you wouldn't say their names because then I can't really give the example like the the See, you use names too much. You You use too many names. I know about this man. And there's a better story behind there that you ruined because you said his name. Which what's the story? I'm not gonna say it now Sarah well, I mean, he did some steroids and he had a hard time keeping it around. Okay, that's what I didn't want to say. That's what I wasn't going to say. But that was it. That's the story. He but he really, didn't leave you for that. I mean, you said that to him, didn't you? Um, well, I feel like after we had so many awkward sexual um, experiences, where and his famous line was like, "So he could never." Um, you know, get an erection. He could never keep it going. And so we never actually ended up doing anything because it just never could... could it could never stand at attention? Ever. Ever? I'm talking ever. So, and his famous line to me after these awkward encounters would always be, I'm saving it for later. <laughs> oh, that's good for him, though. He is saving it for later. I mean, we've been going out for five months. How much later? Cause, and anyway, then he just went ghost. But I had a lot of people go ghost on me in between. Yes, I've been dumped. So do you want to ask a woman that? How many people she's broken up with or do you care? Um, I mean, yeah, if she gets bored easily and she's one of those, yeah, I'm not going to deal with it at this point. Um, And then also, uh, number four on the list was what's your sex drive like? Most men want to ask that on the first date. Do you? Uh, Yeah, I'd like to know. That way I know what I'm getting myself into (laughs) as well. Well, you've already said that you like to take it really slow. So... Slow would be an understatement. I go at a snail's pace, okay? <laughs> so you want to know if she wants... Like, and also this. Like, if you're one of those... Like, here, for instance, I got in a relationship with one girl, and it was great because we took it slow. You know, we were not, like, on four or five dates. Finally went home together. We had sex. Literally three minutes later, she's like, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Like, I was a fucking machine, and that really turned me off. Like, I wish I would have known beforehand, because I was like, no, 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 no. I'm one of those once... Turn around 15 minutes, 20 minutes later, if it's like, you know, really, you know, fancy, do it again. Then I'm going to fucking bed, right? And then maybe you'll get 30 seconds out of me the next morning. Like, that's about it. But, like, when it's, like, again, 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 like, I'm, like, like I'm a battery-powered machine, no. So I wish I would have known because I definitely wouldn't have even done it the first time. And then number five on the list is um, that men want to ask on a first date is the name of your ex-boyfriend so he can stalk him online and then find out if you were certifiably crazy. And that's why the relationship. Oh, I don't give a fuck about your ex-boyfriend. 
I don't give a fuck about your current boyfriend crazy? But how's that going to help me know she's crazy? Like, so I can just call him and be like, hey, man, so I'm about to throw it up inside your ex. Uh, any way you could tell me, like, is she, you know, what's the craziest? Of course, if they're exes, they're always going to think they're crazy. There you go. Well, those if you are the talk list. to any of my exes, even the ones that, like, I broke up with them or they broke up with me, they will all fucking say something horrible about me. Because that's what exes say. Exes don't say anything good about people. I'm trying to think if I know of any of your exes that would say something good about you. No, even the ones that I think would say something, even the ones that, like, I think we left on good terms, they would still say horrible shit if I wasn't, if they knew I wasn't going to find that's out about terrible. it. That's um, terrible. That's right. what exes do, Sarah. That's why you shouldn't be asking the ex. They're an ex for a reason. Like... Hey, I agree. It's not my list. I think the, the point of that was men want to know on the first date, are you going to be nuts? What do you want to know on the first date, Sarah? I don't know. It's been so long since I've been on a first date. Yeah, but you're going to be back in them soon, so... <laughs> no! I don't... I mean... I don't even know anymore. Well, so what are you telling me you wouldn't ask? Like, what would you ask? Um, I don't. On the first date, what would I Because really I think you're going to say something really superficial. It's not really like. Not superficial, no. but it's going to be something that's really. That you really wouldn't ask. Honestly, the, the biggest thing to me, I think, is you can. It's so hard, though. Everybody. There are no black and white. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I always feel like it's very important in relationships that people have good relationships with their parents. I think that tells a lot of how that person's going to treat you. And. What their commitment is to a relationship. So My you biggest, ask them, like, so first question is, like, so how are you and your mom? That's what I would want to ask, yes. And then number two is, I think the biggest thing for relationships is you have to have self-awareness, which is really hard for me, and it's hard for other people. But, like, if you're crazy or if you have an issue, you have to be able to go, you know what? Yeah, I might have a problem drinking. Or, yeah, I might have this issue. If so you can I show, recognize so, so it. So some guy shows up on a first date, and he tells you, by the way, I'm completely obsessed with my mother. I talk to her daily. <laughs> Multiple times a day. I would love that. Okay, and then he goes, oh, and by the way, I know I have a drinking problem, but don't worry. I control it, and it only happens when my football team loses. Unfortunately, I have three football teams that I cheer on. So, like, and I mean, you're, you're going to be like, okay, well, he's self-aware. Yeah. He loves his mother. He's a winner. First step, self-awareness. I don't know about that. Um, I want to get Sherry Morris on the phone. Sherry Morris is a relationship counselor, but most importantly, she deals with just divorce. Her website is DearDivorceCoach.com. So she mostly handles couples that are in situations much like Huma Abedin and Anthony Weiner. And I'm fascinated by this sexting because the New York Times just did a story about how sexting is like 75% of people do it, but it's still considered taboo. Uh Um, Now, obviously, most of those people hopefully aren't doing it outside their relationships. But uh, we want to ask Sherry some questions about this and get her advice for other men and women. Hi, this is Sherry. Hey, Sherry. It's Sarah and Sammy, and you're live on the Hey Frage podcast. So nice to talk to you guys today. Thanks for having me. Hey, we wanted to ask you a couple questions and get, you know, some warning signs in light of this Anthony Weiner and Huma Abedin story. Absolutely. Well, I think the first important thing to note is... Where were there not warning signs here? How many chances did this guy have, right? But aside from their personal relationship, I think the important thing when you're talking about habitual sexting is to notice that you have a partner who has a great need for constant affirmation. Maybe a really charming individual, in fact. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, let's start there. Obviously, this Huma Abedin and Anthony Weiner story is very much like in the public light. Um, But what are the signs for somebody that's in a relationship and maybe dating a habitual sexter? You know, what are the three signs that you're with someone that could potentially be an Anthony Weiner? So I think one of the most important signs is the kind of behavior displayed in sexting is often displayed in other areas of life. So if you notice that the person you're with is strongly addicted to both good and bad things, um, maybe they run, but they can't just run a few miles a day. They have to run marathons or triathlons. I know that sounds like that's a really good thing, and it can be, but sometimes those same behaviors then extend to gambling or drinking. In other words, anything they do is in the extreme. I'm certainly not saying all marathon runners are sexters, Sarah, as you may know, but what I'm saying is pay attention to the behavior of your partner, and if they seem to engage in extreme behaviors in lots of areas of their lives, 
just pay attention. Maybe they could potentially have an appropriate relationship, too. Okay, but we're in D.C., and, like, everyone here, I feel, like, lives that extreme life. You know, everyone's addicted to their work. Everyone, you know, goes out that they're all climbing Mount Everest on these crazy vacations. Like, that's kind of what people do in D.C., so would it be safe? Good point, Sammy. Yeah. That's a really good point. And I think maybe the difference here is if you notice that when the, your partner engages in these extreme behaviors, are they constantly seeking this affirmation from someone else? Do they constantly need to be told, you know, they're the best, how wonderful they are? And do they engage in some secretive behavior around, you know, their technology, frankly? Do they let you look at their phone? Do they seem to engage in a lot of selfie-taking, of course? course we see probably more women than men doing that but yeah. that's not always the case and as mm-hmm. we know with anthony weiner it applied to only certain body parts that he seemed to want to send <laughs> so i think i think the distinction here could be made that yes i think you're so right here we have a bunch of super achievers in dc but not everybody needs that constant information that's often a sign of something else going on in someone's uh, personality and certainly if they're engaging in the secret of behavior Um, If I may finally note, really be aware if you're with someone who doesn't seem to be able to empathize particularly well with other people. One of the things I found most notable about the Anthony Weiner matter was even as he let down so many around him, of course, most importantly, his wife and Mm -hmm. son, but also his staff, they were so dedicated to his cause. Even if you watch part of the documentary, you might have noticed he didn't really seem to care. His focus was what's next for Anthony. So I think these are signs you can see over time in your relationship, and you, you really got to pay attention, and you really have to take your blinders off. Okay. No, so, I, have a, I have one quick question, actually. Hold on. Have you ever met Sarah before? <laughs> Sherry, this isn't good. <laughs> because this is fantastic. This is fantastic. <laughs> Sherry, I got is really... She, she is perhaps a sexter. Do we know? Yes. She, Sarah, are you? <laughs> um, Sherry, I would say I definitely can have a little bit of a wandering, uh, wandering fingers. Wandering, oh, definitely uh, wandering fingers. <laughs> Sherry, this is like horrible news. Okay. <laughs> I feel like, aside from I do feel I have a lot of empathy for other people, but in some ways I feel like you've just described me. So, okay, if you think you're an Anthony Weiner, what can you do? Like, I feel as though I could be an Anthony Weiner. What help? Yes. Well, Sarah, there is help for you. Let me let me just say it's it's first of all recognizing that you in fact could be an Anthony Weiner or someone else recognizing it is probably further along than Anthony Weiner ever was or is or will be. So I think that's a pretty good sign that you're not. But setting you personally aside, there is certainly a debate about what can solve this problem. Some talk about some cognitive behavioral therapy. Some talk about good coaching. Just meeting with someone every day to remind you of the behaviors you want to engage in and those you shouldn't. It's not an easy thing. Um, It's certainly a long process, but you have to be committed to not being Anthony Weiner. And frankly, as we saw with Anthony Weiner, he had how many chances? And he chose each time to go back to his sexting behavior. Oh my God. Oh, great. This is great. Sure, I'm already in therapy, but this will be like my third therapist if I need a cognitive therapist. This will be great. Um, Okay, a couple more questions really quickly, though. So, is there a certain type of woman? I mean, I think, you know, you obviously saw the Weiner documentary. So did we. The entire time you watch it, how uncomfortable and sad that Huma Abedin looked. And obviously, you know, we didn't get all the truth of their marriage. But is there a certain type of man or woman that attracts these Anthony Weiner types? So great question, Sarah. And first, I'm always loath to, especially when it comes to women, you know, blame the victim here. But I would say that it's really up to us to pay attention to what's going on. And if you're ignoring signs, either because you've reached a certain age and want to be in a relationship or you just feel like having, you know, a partner will complete you, that's never a good thing. Maybe you never really felt deserving of love or didn't have a strong, you know, role model that that showed you the kind of love you deserve. So there's so many diverse reasons that, you know, someone may be attracted to a sexter. It can also be as simple as you love chemistry with someone and you value their romantic gestures over their everyday sort of boring 
routine actions. And if that's the case, then you might end up with somebody who's pretty charming, but not very reliable and not dedicated just to you. Wow. Now that sounds like me all of a sudden. <laughs> we have <laughs> oh my God. Yes, I've nailed you both. Yeah. Yes, you have. Uh, last question. What's your advice for Huma Abedin? Because obviously you are a divorce counselor. You help people transition in and out of relationships. What is your advice for Huma Abedin as she trans out of, transitions out of this marriage with Anthony Weiner? Well, Sarah and Sammy, thanks for asking that. I do. With Dear Divorce Coach, my coaching practice, I help people every day with these issues. And I want to focus today on what I consider the most important thing. They have a son. He's four, year old, four years old now. And, you know, for all of his failings, uh, and we know Anthony has many, Huma did decide to marry him and to make him her baby daddy. So knowing that it's so important that as tempted as she may be to malign him, finally at last, as she probably should with a number of friends, she shouldn't do that around her son, uh, in front of her son, or probably even for the press that he could read later. In other words, it's really important to recognize and remember she has to co-parent with this guy for the rest of her life. So she really needs to tread carefully and remember what is good about Anthony for her son. Um, having said all that, let's remember, she probably just take, needs to take a deep breath right now. I think it's so important for her to do that. Embrace this moment. Don't rush to do anything that's too much for her right now. I'm sure she has all of the legal, financial, therapeutic professionals she needs. But she maybe could use a coach, someone to sit down with her who doesn't have any other agenda for her and say, where are we? What can we do to increase your coping mechanisms and reduce your stress level? Oh, my God, Sherry, you are fabulous. Sherry Morris, your website is DearDivorceCoach.com. Are you taking on, you're here in Silver Spring, Maryland, correct? I am. I'm actually located in Washington, D.C., but I take clients all over the metro area. And in fact, I have clients all over uh, the U.S. So I Skype, I meet in person, I text, I email. Well, wait, perhaps I have that same problem <laughs> as you, Sarah. Yes, we're on the same. Sherry, I'll be seeing you soon. Well, share if you want. Sarah and I are actually going to send Anthony Weiner an old school flip phone without a camera, hoping that may help this time around. So we'll make sure to sign <laughs> your name on the card. Idea. Yeah, we'll sign your name on the card as well. <laughs> Sherry, thank you for being on. Thank you, guys. Bye. Take care. Have a great day. You got Bye -bye. it. See ya. Wow, Sarah. Oh, my God. Wow. How I was like that? Not good. <laughs> how was that, honestly? How did that feel? Was that was that everything you expected and well, more? I will say this. I mean, you know, as you know, because you've known me for years, I am a serial flirt for mm -hmm. sure. And I've had my um, string of indiscretions. No, keep going. Just... What is this? Are you playing like, is this like taps? Are you like, what are you playing? You're so awful. Are you? That is so terrible. Dan? Are you trying to kill my relationship? Thanks. I didn't kill anything. I believe it was already... <laughs> it was unfortunately lost during the battle of that last interview. Dan is well aware of my behavior. And by the way, I am not a sexter. I've not been sexting anybody. I've not been showing people... When Dan and I first started dating, I did have somebody sex to me some stuff. <laughs> what? what? He, didn't, he didn't realize I was dating Dan. It was a guy that I was hooking up with. And and he just sent you straight up. He's like, hey, you missed this? Yes. <laughs> yes. But I deleted that. Anyway, uh, Sherry Morris is her name. That was great. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? You know, you. this is terrible. Can I will I be the sexter, and you'll be the victim. I'm not going to be the victim, Sarah. <laughs> okay, I've so. already been the victim. Aw. Um, all right. I want to pick one. There's so many stories I still want to get to because I want your opinion on it. Um, get to them. One Go. of them is the sex robot brothels are going to be commonplace, according to um, some experts. Excellent. Some sex experts. Excellent. Uh, would you be down for using that and going? Would Do you I... see yourself living with a real woman and then a real doll woman? Wait, like, have... no, no, no. Like, what do you mean? You, I think it's, you're going to be able to go to these brothels and just like... Yeah, you are, but you can also buy them. I mean, they're very expensive. Yeah, but it's you're like not a $6,000 robot. So you're telling me that you'd be fine with Dan having a sex doll <laughs> as well as you? Explain. Yeah, I get it, sir. They look real. Like, they're really <laughs> creepy real. And, like, the boobs feel real, too, sometimes. It's this weird. one's got man hands, though. Those hands are massive. That's good, though. Makes you feel inadequate. <laughs> oh, 
my God. Um, anyhow, experts are reporting that in Amsterdam, of course, these robot brothels are already up and coming and happening, and so in, they are in Japan as well. But um, they're saying that they'll reduce STDs and that by 2020, these sex robot shops will be commonplace, especially in places like Australia, Amsterdam, and in England. I mean, I think it's... I mean, personally, as someone that does a lot of world travel, like, they always assume that when you're traveling as a single male, that you're there just to screw everything. But, like, I don't support the sex trade at all. Like, I really refuse to. And I find this is a way so that men can still go and, you know, if they want to have intercourse, they want to do it, but therefore they're not actually harming an individual while doing so. I... Because I say this, like, there are people out there and there are women that truly do it because they want to do it. Okay? Yeah. That's fine. Awesome. But the problem is there's also a lot that do it because they're forced to. And it's not like you can really tell just by looking at them. You know what I mean? And so at least this way I find, okay, well, great. It's a way to still keep the sex industry going because clearly people are still going to look for ways to do it. You know, it's not going to go anywhere. It hasn't gone anywhere in thousands of years. Why would it change now? Have you thought about, you know, if you had your own robot doll, what you would name her? Because the names on these uh, stories are just really strange. What do you mean? Well, I mean, they give the, um, hold on, I got to find, pull up that story again. I just clicked it off. But the uh, names that they were talking about for these, like, um, dolls are so strange. They weren't just like, you'd think it was just like Samantha or, but it's What, not. like one of them's named Hoda Kotby all of a sudden? <laughs> like, is that it? I'm confused. Um, no, one is named, oh my God. Samurai was one, which I feel like is weird. Are you going to make love to a samurai? Um, wait, like her name is Samurai? Her name is Samurai. Maybe that means something else aside from what I think it means. Samurai sword, but one was named Samurai. That's cool. You know. Queensland? Would you name that? Queensland. They're naming these people after these dolls. Queensland. After- so, like, all of a sudden there's a doll named Luxembourg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is my this is my stay at home girlfriend, Luxembourg. Noni. Noni's the other one. All right. Noni. Profile. Isn't that the name for the. <laughs> That's what they call it, the noni. I believe uh, in some, like, in, uh, I've heard it somewhere before. But, yeah, I think it's like. Oh, God. I can only hope someday yeah. that you're living with a giant robot doll. Did they call the anything woman. the shoo-shoo? <laughs> What's the shoo-shoo? That's how they say it. Like That's how like they say like the little one for girls in French. They go, oh, shoo-shoo. Shoo-shoo. Like your little shoo-shoo. You know, we don't talk enough about um, parent stories, but there's a lot of parents that listen to this podcast and young parents, so I'm always fascinated by this. But how do you feel, you know, when we were in school and you had someone's birthday party or Halloween party, you could always bring in candy, right? What? It was always like, you brought in candy and sweets, right? When you had a Halloween party I mean, party when I went to a birthday, birthday party, party, if they didn't have candy or any, like, cake or anything like that, it, there would have been a... Would you have walked out even when you were There would have been a military in? coup. Yeah, it would have been like turkey. But in my friend's backyard in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Well, according to um, Today's Show, they did a story about a Glen Ellen, Illinois school district school district that's now banned all cakes, cookies, everything from gatherings like Halloween, winter holidays, and Valentine's Day for this school year, the 2016-2017. Now, this has caused a lot of outrage because the school district is getting some backlash already in the school cafeteria. Sodas ban, yeah. candy, sweets, hydrogenated oils, all that stuff. Okay. But now it's in the classroom, too. All Do you right. think that's ridiculous? Um, these are kids. Like, if there's anything that's not going to affect, it should be like, I think it should be banned in adult workplaces. You know what I mean? Because adults are the one that have a can of soda and actually get fatter from it. Like, a kid can eat whatever the hell they want to. And let's be honest. Like, my nieces and nephews, they'll eat a bunch of junk one day. They'll feel like crap. Great. They go on the next day and they're trooping along like nothing happened. Well, it must be nice. I didn't have those jeans, please. Really? So, uh, so you? I was so like you, a big kid. Yes. Yeah, but I'm, no, I'm not saying anything about their weight. I'm saying their health. Like they're actually healthy. Like they're running around. They're still having a good time. Like adults feel like shit when you eat shit. You know what I mean? If I eat something really gross today, I won't be able to make it out tonight. Uh, you know, look. You know how I feel about diets. They don't work. And I feel like when you start banning kids from food and telling them they can't have something, it creates that whole diet mentality. But think about what college you could have gone to, Sarah. If they would have been, like, you know. What do you mean? Maybe you wouldn't have been so. (laughs) I think I would have been so big. I was. So you're telling me that if your school, like, that if your school didn't have, like, sweets or anything like that? No, because you'd be eating carrot sticks, celery with peanut butter. But that's the point, is these kids are going to go binge on it somewhere else. I don't understand why we're not teaching kids moderation with these foods. It's not like you go out in the real world and candy and sweets doesn't exist. So they can't get it now at school. They're not learning about, they're not learning about healthy nutrition and moderation. They're just being told you can't have soda. Okay, but hold on. That's crazy. No, you sound crazy right there, Sarah. I think realistically here, how much did, when was the last time you did something because someone offered you a piece of candy. They go, well, I'll give you a piece of candy if you do this. 
Um, I've never. Not since I was like, what, yeah, eight, it, nine yeah. years old? Okay. By the time you're 18, if you haven't had candy around your entire life, you're not going to be that into it. Like you're not I gonna. It's not like you're gonna go there and all of a sudden be like, "Oh man, Snickers!" And like kids are gonna start overdosing on sugar. Like, no, that's not gonna happen. You're just not into it. I have friends that weren't raised on candy, and now they're adults. They just don't like sweets. Well, lucky them. But like, I, don't, I don't like sweets that much. You know. I think this is a terrible idea. But I'd be curious if you're a parent, what you think? Because as schools seem to be moderating more and more of like what the kids eat, it's how they look. It's not like it makes you look cool, right? It's not like you're going to go to a college party with a 12-pack of Butterfinger and everyone's going to be like, oh, shit, Sarah's the coolest. Like, it's not, it's never going to get to that point that you're going to have kids binge eating candy the second they get out of their home because of that. I get you're rolling your eyes, but that sounds ridiculous. Maybe at Mount Holyoke they'd have Butterfinger parties, but at other schools they're not going to have a Butterfinger party. But you have to teach people about nutrition in moderation, and I think that's the part if schools – police this without teaching kids like hey you can not there's no bad foods you just have to eat them in smaller portions no there's bad foods sarah okay i can make something that's going to be horrible for you all right and but, it may be in even though in moderation it's still going to be bad for you well we disagree on that one but i would like to know what parents think because i just felt like oh god they're policing everything everything well just um, don't move to Illinois with your children. Also, I just wanted to say quickly a couple of shout outs, too. Um, we love, love, love your feedback. So I have to say hi to Sunshine, who wrote to us. And she says, thank you guys so much for doing this podcast. I wish I had the chance to listen to you guys when you were actually on the radio. But I discovered you after the fact. It sucked. Podcast- you didn't want to hear it. <laughs> You didn't miss anything. You didn't miss anything. Your podcast is great. It's inspiring, funny, and thought-provoking. I also want to thank you for being brave enough to talk about race. Many people don't want to talk about it, and it's refreshing hearing people who actually want to be an ally and want to put good vibes out into the universe. As a black woman navigating this patriarchal, white supremacist world, I salute you guys, and I'm glad that you are taking off the rose-colored glasses and willing to put in the work. Love you guys so much. Sincerely, Sunshine. And then I also want to thank Pilar. Pilar donated money to our um, GoFundMe, our election night party, but she's also donating a case of wine. So she she wants to give us that to give out. And I'm like, sure, anything you want to donate, no problem. She's also going to make personalized label that say docu- uh, donated by an undocumented immigrant. Ooh, fantastic. <laughs> she moved to this country, and she is an American citizen, but she says at one point she wasn't, as she waited for that transition. So she says that... She wanted to put those on. So we'll gladly take your case of wine. If you want to donate anything to the party, you can do that. And you have to donate to go in to get in. So it's GoFundMe.com slash Election Night Party. I was going to say, I think someone's uh, pounding on us to get the hell out of here. No, she's the door. I don't, I don't know. But I, feel I don't know like, either. Well, okay. we're here at the DC Improv. So, you know, yeah. they've got deliveries, I guess. Yeah. Or someone trying to get in. Someone's trying to get in. It doesn't like our Election Night Party. They really want to see that picture of Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, email us, follow us on social media. Manana. Bye, everybody.